And now, discover your true course. This podcast is a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Your host, founder and president, Dr. Michael Godfrey. Hello and welcome to Discover Your True Course, a part of our service to and support for organizations and individuals who are pursuing more that matters. Our clients discover ways to be more, see more, achieve more, and finish without regret. Organizations become places that people love to work, serve, and be customers. In the next few episodes, I want to give you a look behind the curtain to see what's happening with interactions between people that make one or the other crazy. This means that the behavior is seen as so frustrating as to be described as, quote, driving you crazy. These crazy-making relationships can be anywhere, but they're especially challenging at work or in other settings where you must cooperate with another person to produce. These crazy-making situations can affect co-workers, employees, customers, and volunteers. It impacts the work atmosphere, performance, productivity, employee engagement, and relationships in general in your workplace. In this episode, I'll give you some helpful tips, skills, and resources for creating maximum team performance, improved employee engagement, productivity, and a workplace environment which is actually enjoyable to experience and it will provide a better customer experience. To get started, I want you to call to mind from this week just one interaction with people that stressed you, frustrated you, or made you crazy. Take the first thing that comes to mind. How did you feel in the face of it? Then think about one interaction with people or persons that frequently or consistently makes you crazy. What thoughts or emotions does this bring up for you? We all have these kinds of interactions in our lives that make us, quote, crazy. We usually blame the crazy-making on the other person, on their disposition, their personality, and we mark them as a jerk or make them the bad guy, and then we underemphasize or disregard completely their situation, circumstances, context, or any other factors which may be contributing to their behavior. This is a cognitive bias that's called the fundamental attribution error. We all have unique beliefs about how the world works, and these beliefs serve as a lens through which we try to understand the world and be agents and participants in the world. These beliefs can include religious beliefs and may have a source in your religious beliefs, but in this case, we're using beliefs in a much broader sense. With this in mind, Hear this quote from Marcus Aurelius. He said, If you're disturbed by a thing, it's not the thing that disturbs you, but your own judgment about the thing, and it is in your power to wipe out this judgment now. A more recent quote from psychologist Alfred Adler says, quote, It's very obvious that we are not influenced by facts, but by our interpretation of the facts. End quote. These two perspectives point to the truth that much of our craziness and frustration with others comes from our own beliefs about the situation and not about the situation itself. This is not to deny that some behaviors are indeed problematic and socially disruptive. We believe our reality and our way is the truth, and there is no other. We believe that people who are different and act differently make our lives difficult. 
We judge the person as the problem, but most of our craziness comes from how we think about the situation and our interpretation of harmless behaviors that are simply different than ours, or the way we think they should be. Our interpretation can be influenced by so many things. We would do well in all of this to employ my favorite question. That is, how else can I look at this? As opposed to these two questions. What's wrong with them? Or, why do they do that? You know, that book title says, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. In these next few episodes, I will explore what influences our perceptions and five categories of things that will set you up for more and more people to make you crazy. Here are the five categories. Your stored baggage. Your emotional intelligence. How the brain works in situations like these generational differences and how they affect situations like this, and how to lead masterfully in the face of relationships like this. What we'll be talking about can help you at home, at work, at church, in any community activities, anywhere you encounter people that may tend to make you a little crazy. So let's take a look now at the first, emotional baggage. We all have it. It's very close to us. And sometimes we're blind to it, but we have emotional baggage. Everyone has baggage they've gathered as they've lived and experienced relationships. It's not a bad thing to have baggage, but it has the effect of making your life bitter or better, depending on how you manage it. The important thing about baggage is that you know what it is and where it is, and you've taken the time to identify those things. So that when you sense your baggage is at work, you can take that baggage by the handle, slide it aside, put it behind you, and you'll be able to see more clearly as a result and not limit your view of things to the lens of the baggage. Now, there are three big things that create this kind of emotional baggage among many. One is your family of origin. Another is life experiences. And another is your own personal insecurity. In this episode, I will introduce the idea of emotional baggage, and we'll explore the family of origin issue. We'll look at life experiences and personal insecurity in the next episode. Certain things in your family of origin have set you up to respond to various personalities and behaviors in particular ways. Some of these ways are helpful and healthy, and some hinder our effectiveness in our life and work. The ways in which individuals in your family behaved or misbehaved, how authority figures influenced you and instructed you, how relationships were experienced, whether they were open, closed, secretive, angry, sad, communicative or not, absent or present, hard or flexible, forgiving or blaming, and so many more things. These experiences helped you create your current reality of how the world works and how people are to be in the world and relate to one another. If a person in your family was particularly angry in your experience, then when someone around you today gets angry, you may experience thoughts and emotions that are similar to those you experienced in your family. You might be more sensitive to this than other people may be, and this is a way that your family of origin has provided you with emotional baggage that allows you to interpret situations in the present moment. Also, if you were taught in your family of origin to be respectful, then when you see people who are not respectful of others, 
that may ring your bell. And again, you may experience thoughts and emotions that are reactive to that unfamiliar behavior. Family of origin issues, good or bad, can set us up for other people to make us crazy because those issues become a lens through which we see the world, a way we believe the world works. We believe everyone should see the world as we see it, perform tasks as we do them, and relate to others in the way we do because this is the way the world is, or so we think. We see others through this family of origin lens and we judge them on that basis. If you're aware of this, you can take that baggage and set it aside, put it behind you, and become open to other ways of being and doing that are not necessarily your way or have not been your way. You can understand the other person better and have a more constructive relationship with them. Now, let me note at this point, in this context, we're not referring to moral issues. That's not something I'm asking you to condone, but I'm asking you to understand some neutral items, such as personalities and styles and other ways of being and acting in life that are neutral, and to try to give way to understanding those better. So, in all of this, what's a person to do? First of all, you need a belief system that helps you make sense of what you experience in life and through which you can understand the world around you. You need this. Many of those beliefs come from your family of origin, and these beliefs give you a sense of security and safety as you live in the world. Number two, recognize that what you believe about the world is unique to you. Therefore, not one other person sees the world exactly as you do. Your truth belongs only to you, and it is your truth. Number three, Recognize that your belief system may not be accurate and your truth may not be a true perception of objective reality. There was a book written several years ago called The Lies We Believe, written by Chris Thurman. You can still get it on Amazon.com. And the book enumerates a variety of lies that we incorporate into our beliefs and how these lies affect our living and relating. I believe you'll discover that your, quote, truth, the way you see the world, does incorporate lies that make your truth not purely truth after all. Number four, recognize that you don't really want to change your belief system. It's just too hard. It shakes your ego and security. And besides that, it's scary to think that the world is not like you thought it was. That's okay. Everyone has this kind of feeling. But in order to serve you best, your beliefs must become more inclusive and discriminating and open and reflective and permeable and emotionally able to change. When your belief system has these qualities, it can serve you better to generate beliefs and opinions that are more true to objective reality and will be more justified to guide your actions and help you serve you better in living and relating. Such an approach can be transforming to the way you approach life. It can adjust the lens with which you see others, and it can turn your experiences from crazy-making to interesting or fascinating. Start using questions about other people and about the world instead of making declarations. Here are some questions for you. What do I believe about this? How did I come to this belief? Why should I believe this? How true is this belief? How is this belief serving me as I live and relate? Is it working? How else could I see this? And how does my belief need to be adjusted to serve better for living and relating? 
Questions like these will put you in a position to learn, grow, and experience life in a fuller, more satisfying, less crazy way. More next time on Stored Emotional Baggage when we'll take a look at life experiences in a broad way, and then we'll also look at personal insecurities. It's entirely possible that you are leaving with more questions than you have answers. If that's the case, email me at discover at discoveryourtruecourse.com with a brief statement of your question, and I'll address it either here on the podcast or we can address it in a brief phone call or a coaching session. Contact us to explore how we can support you and your organization in your quest to be more, see more, and achieve more. I'm Michael Godfrey. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. This has been a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Copyright by J. Michael Godfrey. All rights reserved.